Hey guys, welcome to another Purge the Alien podcast. We are Purge the Alien, bringing you high-quality battle reports, podcasts, and articles made by gamers for gamers. So you can follow us and like us here on our podcast on iTunes. You can also follow our website at purgethealien.com. Our Facebook page, Purge the Alien as well. And then lastly, most recently, are also our Instagram page, which is also Purge the Alien. So I have got a special returning guest with me from Warhammer <laughs> and Armor Store. Ian is right here. Yeah. Ian, say hi to everybody. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, it was really cool coming back on. I know I helped you guys get everything, you know, kind of set up and, and all that kind of stuff. But I'm here to represent Ann Arbor and the Warhammer and Arbor Store today. Beautiful. So, and a couple other things, too. But <laughs> So one of the things that we had Ian on for is we talked in the last couple of podcasts sort of about tournaments mm-hmm. that we go through. And Ian is a master class in the tournament scene because he not only has played in several himself, but just finished running his own tournament. Yeah. What was that called? The Golden Rhino. Okay. So when was that? What kind of happened? Okay. So the Golden Rhino, I run it on the last Tuesday of every July. Um, I'll get into the history of it, but it was just, uh, what was it? July 24th, I think? Yes. So I don't have my calendar in front of me, but yeah. Um... It's just, it's a real simple, um, I'm sorry, it started out as a real simple (laughs) RTT uh, three rounds, and it's kind of really exploded into a fairly popular event around the uh, local area in Highland, Michigan. Um, But I've been doing it for years. So yeah, it's a three round standard event, you know, based off of um, some major GT style tournaments. Um, Awesome. Yeah. Two, what is like two and a half hour rounds, and we're playing with 2,000 points um, in a competitive format. Um, but I mean, we're just starting off with eighth edition. So it was really, it was totally fresh. This was the first year that we really maxed out with 30 people Okay, at a full attendance of 28. So two people didn't show up. Nice. Mm-hmm. And so you all, oh, you had 30 people basically sign up and it happened yeah. pretty quick. Right? Oh, so, okay. So this was the year that I decided I'm going to try to get as many people involved in it as possible. A lot of people have been talking about it. So I said I was going to do like a ticket system. My ticket system ended up basically not working the way I wanted it to. So I went through kind of a different route and basically gave people, um, um, I guess you could say numbers to okay. sign up with, right? And um, and it was basically a commitment saying, yes, I'm going to be part of the Golden Rhino. I want to do it this year. And I basically gave a window of opportunity to do that. I figured it would give it, uh, everybody an equal starting. And that way, if people trickled in you know, throughout the rest of it, it'd be sure. fine, right? But I would have a numerical order of which I could receive people in. Um, so all 30 people were under three hours. Okay. <laughs> it was, I said, go. And I could not leave the internet. So it was quick. <laughs> it was so Super fast, man. So, like, to give you an idea, we started out with just a couple people. I mean, it was, you know, for the war, uh, the Warhammer group up in Highland, the Highland Township Public Library. And we started off with, I don't know, like 12 of us, and it was like an eight-person tournament, right? Yeah. Um, then the year after that, people were like, oh, that sounded like fun. I want to join. I said, cool. I'll bump it up to, like, 14 people. Um, I had like 24 try to sign up, and I was like, I can't do it. Um, we ended up squeezing in 20 at the time. And uh, this year, with some local help from some of the other independent stores um, around the area in Highland, I was able to really maximize and bump it and let everybody, or it's close to everybody in that I could, thinking that I would, you know, 
take a couple of weeks to get to 30 people. But no, it was it was literally <laughs> every minute somebody messaging me saying, you know, yes, I want to be in the Golden Rhino. What do I need to do? Let, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, that's awesome. So 30 yeah. people is, and you know, I know you had a lot of local commitment from a lot of friendly local games. Yeah, in the area yeah, well. which was really nice. Um, do you want to shout out a couple people? That yeah, honestly, the biggest ones for me uh, was definitely Imperium Games. They're right there in Wixom. They helped out a lot. Not only did they help support by supplying table space, but they're the ones that really brought like all of the prize support okay. for the group, which was, I mean, that's like something that for me, when I go to tournament, it's one of the things I look forward to. Sure. And as part of my job, I'm not able to give away anything because yeah. of the Games Workshop policy. And it's it's great. Like, it honestly allows me to have a lot more friendly and open tournaments and things nice. like that. But having prize support allows people that want to come and have something to take home with them that they won, they can do that. Imperium Games was basically like, yes, I will help you. What do you need? Yeah. And and that was awesome. I want to thank Adam and all of his crew a lot for that. That was really, really nice. But yeah, that was that was the big ticket one. Perfect. For sure. And if you guys want to see some of those tables in action, um, Persia mm-hmm. Alien was a proud sponsor of the Golden Rhino. Uh, we were actually there on site. We were testing out some of our portable live streaming. <laughs> yeah, that um, was awesome. <laughs> so it was a little, a little different than you know our traditional battle reports mm-hmm. that we ran, but those are on YouTube and our Facebook page as well. Yeah. Um, feel free to take a look at those. Mm-hmm. kind of covered the head table for each yeah. round. Um, you know, like we said, it was sort of our first trial. So, you know, the quality was still all right, but mm-hmm. not, you know, usually what we uh, hold ourselves to, but it was kind of a trial run for some more yeah. live streaming games mm-hmm. in the future for it. Uh, but, you know, like, Ian, you've been running your, like, give us a little history of the Golden Rider. How many years has it been going so, on? So, okay, so here's the thing. It's it's a little vague because I don't have it in front of me. Sure. <laughs> but if it was at the library, I'm sure I could ask Dawn, who helps me out, and she would know right off the top of her head. But basically... In 2009, when I was really involved with the hobby itself, um, my high school group was pretty much done and over with, and it was really starting to kind of fail and fall apart. Okay. So one of the things I did was I moved it to the nearest place that I could find that would basically let us be there, and that was the Highland Township Public Library. Okay. Um, and in short, we just made it the Highland Library 40K Club. That, okay. was, that was just us. It was literally like seven of us. We got one of the community rooms. We would just build a painter models there, and we would meet once a week, if that. And it basically it fell into a monthly rotation because we were actually able to get a hold of the big community room on the last Tuesday of every month, and it just stayed like that. And that was going strong in 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe it was till 2011, maybe 2012, that I actually started up the idea of running a tournament. Right. Um, and it was mostly because we had actually gained enough community members that were like, hey, what, you know, can we do something? So, yeah. I mean, one time, I think it was like a, literally a year we ran because it was one meeting once a month. Right. So it was 12 meetings of um, uh, what was that campaign style? Um, I'm now I'm drawing a blank. Um where we basically, we all started off with heroes, um, like a character of some kind, sure. so like a Terminator captain or okay. something like that, right? And he slowly gained abilities. Oh, Rise of the Immortals. Gotcha. That's okay, it. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, I remember that. And uh, it was after that, when that had really finished and come to its climax at the end of it all, everyone was like, this was awesome. Can we do other things? Sure. And it was basically like, yeah, what do you guys want? And no one else was really able to either take the reins or or help out as much as I was able to. So I was basically like, let's just do a friendly tournament, right? Yeah. And it, and it started out, and we did one that did good, and then we did like another one like six months later, and it fizzled because there wasn't that much interest or whatever. But it, it wasn't till the following year that we really got it kind of going, so... This year, so this is 2017, 
This is the third annual, so third official Golden Rhino, because okay. I finally called it something like that. So there was one year prior to that that it was unofficially called that, because I didn't think of calling it something. It was okay. just, you know, the meetup. So basically, it's been running solid for four years. So that's pretty cool. And one of the things that, you know, uh, Ian mentioned it, but I think a lot of people might have glossed over it, is... This was a 30-person tournament yep. that sold out in three hours, yep. <laughs> and again, it was on a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, it's on a Tuesday. So a lot of people have come to me and either griped or complained. They're like, I can't always have a Tuesday off because it's the middle of the week, and yeah. I totally get that. But for me, um, it's the one day off that I have that my wife is working, so I'm completely open. Yep. Um, and two, the library, it's one of their longest days and less traffic days, so they're able to accommodate us a little bit better, which has worked out. And basically, for me, on my end, my response has been, if you really want to go, you'll take the time off. Sure. It's one day. Yes. Um, yeah. And that's like that's a key thing to kind of look at, too, is, is I was surprised... I know when I heard about it, that Tuesday was able to get that little success. Yeah. Because... <laughs> Don't blame you. <laughs> there will routinely be large hobby stores that will post weekend mm -hmm. tournaments. Yeah. Um, and Imperium Games, like you mentioned earlier, has yeah. had a great deal of success with their tournaments lately. Mm -hmm. But a lot of places that will post a tournament on a Saturday or Sunday, yeah. prize support for the store, mm -hmm. quarters terrain, yeah. plenty of space to play. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they'll draw, you know... Under 10 people. Yeah. Uh, for those of yeah. I, I mean, I was talking to uh, Kyle from Imperium Games, and he was talking about one time before he started working there that him and a friend of his went up north to Traverse City okay. for a, a local RTT up That's there. That's Traverse City, Michigan. Yes. Gorgeous area. If anybody's ever right, there. right. You know? Um, and they get up there, and according to their Facebook page, they had 30 or more people attending this thing. It was going to be their crazy, it's like their turkey shoot, I think it was the... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah TC World. Thanksgiving one. Yeah. And they get up there, and there's literally like six guys and two of them drove there and that was Kyle and his friend. Wow. And it was like, uh, like, so of course they ended up playing around Robin and they ended up playing each other and took first and second place. Sure. You know, which is, can be kind of disappointing because you're like, I don't want to be that guy, yeah. but it's Kyle. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's an awesome guy and he doesn't run like the super strong tournament list. He goes to these things to have fun. Sure. Right? And it was just kind of funny, like, here's a store that's promoting one of their biggest events and it fizzled on them, which can happen. It yeah. sucks, but, uh, you know, it had six or eight people or whatever it was. So, so you know, I, I think both of us have also been up to the TC War before. It's a mm -hmm. great spot. They got a combination paintball field. Mm -hmm. um, I, I always talk, if you're ever in like the Michigan area mm -hmm. and you need to do something with the wife or a significant other and you want to go up to Traverse City and go wine tasting, it's an yeah. amazing yeah. store with a great selection. They got paintball there. Definitely check them out. Mm -hmm. um, and they've had some really successful events before in the past too but we kind of see this a lot of people with with eighth edition saw a resurgence mm -hmm. people oh coming out to gaming rooms, to the stores yeah. to everywhere um and it's starting to come back mm -hmm. but you know for you being able to have 30 people make a commitment on a tuesday it's a hybrid tournament slash gaming group yeah so what would you say is like probably the top three things for people that are out there looking to build their gaming group now that yeah. people are coming back for 8th edition or for a store out there mm -hmm. that they have 40k in Age of Sigmar yep. but maybe just don't have the best following. Maybe they have got mm -hmm. a million magic tournaments or, yeah. or warm hordes or mm -hmm. you know X-Wing or different games and they, they supply the models and they've got stock. They just can't build a thing right. build a community for it. So what would be like some of the three suggestions you can give to people out there looking to kind of get a group yeah. um, with that? So idea? number one, just pick a day of the week and stick with it. Okay. All right, which is, I mean, 
My group has been the last Tuesday of every month, which is extremely specific. It doesn't even have to be that. If you guys literally are like, hey, Friday at 5.30, because I get off work at 5, we can meet up and do this. I don't care if one person shows up or if 100 people show up. Someone in your group, whether it be yourself or someone who has the time and availability, just needs to be there. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially with the social media platforms that we have now, you can literally be there and be like, hey guys, I'm here hanging out building models. Anybody looking for a game, it's the weekly meetup. Gotcha. Just so that people get used to it. When they get used to this routine, right, that's when you can really start to to gather and build that. Um, and that, that's helped a lot. Like for me at my store in, you know, in Arbor, um, my Sundays were really great days because they were a little bit slower and I could really get hands-on with people and teach them how to do things. Sure. Which became all of a sudden everyone realized that the tables are open to play on. So today I gotcha. literally had like 30 people in there in the line to play on four by four tables. Yes. Because that's all I had, you know? Yeah. And it's, which is totally fine. Like you just play smaller games and you get through more games and have more fun, which is awesome. But I mean, I had that and I had a full table of people building and hobbying and asking really important questions and getting answers not only from me, but the others that are doing the same thing now and that have been for over a year because Perfect. the store has been open for over a year. It's just that repetition. So yeah. we got pick a day. Pick a set day. a date, set a good time, you know, like yep. a, with a wide variety of times mm-hmm. for it. What else do you think is kind of big? Number two thing, and this is probably a tie, I would say, for Honestly First, is is make it for everybody. Nice. Don't do the, hey, we are a gaming group that does tournaments all the time, and they're to try your beat, you know, beat face list. and, and we're, No, like, do a beginner day. Do a painting day. Do a building day. Do a conversion day. Do a terrain day. Do a story day. Like, do a little bit of everything so that everybody goes, oh, I like that. I want to do that. Okay. Because if they like that, then they will bring that attitude with them, which will get somebody else involved. And it's it's just get stuff to stick, you know? And, like and, and really include everybody because I've seen a lot of things where people were going to, you know, other stores wherever on regular intervals and they were actually shutting themselves down because it was like, oh, we are here to try our tournament lists for Adepticon and whatever, which is fine. Do that. That's a that's an aspect of the hobby. But when you do that over and over and over again and you get that new kid that walks in the room mm-hmm. and he doesn't know and you don't know that he's new and all of a sudden you crush him and you crush his dreams, like... It's bad. Just don't do it, right? Yeah. So when it's very important to, at the same time, listen to the community and listen to the people that come in and talk to you. For instance, I had a guy come in super excited about his orcs. He loves orcs. He loves the aesthetic orcs. He doesn't really care if they play well or not, which they're playing a lot better than they did yeah, before. Yeah, <laughs> That's besides the point. But um, he got a new battle wagon that he put together yesterday. Okay. And he was super eager to play with it. And so he played one of the local guys that comes up to my store regularly, who's a Tau player, so it's kind of a bad matchup as it is. But, you know, whatever. Sure. So be it, right? And the first thing the Tau player does is blows up the battle wagon, mm-hmm. which, now, Pause. In game terms, that's a good move because that was the biggest threat. Sure. As far as gaming groups and clubs and, you know, keeping people involved, that was a bad move on his part. Sure. Because that was the big toy that he just got and all he got to do was put it on the table and take it off the table. Yeah. And that's not fun for anybody, let alone somebody that's just getting back into the hobby. They're coming back because they think it's a new edition, because it is, and they think it's going to be a better edition, because it is. Don't prove them wrong. And I, and I, that's an amazing statement, and I think, you know, each gaming group, you should have people kind of in your head where if there's a new person coming yes. in, 
where you think that there would be somebody in your group that matches up best to help a new yes. person and to have fun with the game. Mm-hmm. Same time, if you've got somebody new that comes from out of town and they are a tournament player that's just yep. over the area, you should be able to know who's mm-hmm. one of the top of your group and have that open conversation. I was just going to say, yeah, do do some open investigation questions. Like, yeah. dude, what are you working on right now? Oh, I'm working on my sister's battle army. That's cool. All right, how long have you been playing? Oh, for, you know, the last 10, 15 years, I'm just getting back into it, and I've got 10 repressor tanks, or 10, you know, yeah, yeah repressor tanks. Oh, wait a minute. What, what do you have? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, those things are nasty, and they're from Forge World, and you're running ten of them. Okay, you're going to go play Johnny over there? Yes. He's got a really cool triple, you know, super nidless. Like, yeah. Like, so, that's, like, the big thing is is knowing those matchups, preventing it, and sometimes it can take somebody that's, or a group of people who know the group very well, and they're mm-hmm. able to do it. Yeah. And one of the things that I thought was most interesting um, when I went to some of Ian's events at the war or at the Highland Library Club mm-hmm. is the age gap mm-hmm. that we have. And I see this a lot of times in other areas, mm-hmm. and it's why things die. Yeah. You need new blood. Yes. Eighth edition has brought a lot of new people in, a lot about a lot of people back in that used to play as well. Mm-hmm. But one of the th- common things that you'll see in a lot of groups will be people stick to their age group. It's yes. a bunch of twenty-year-olds playing. It's yeah. a bunch of people that are in their fifties that have been playing since you know the yeah, beginning. The old grognards, you exactly. Can say it. <laughs> one of the things that's nice is being able to open it up to everyone yeah. and have that happen. So if you have those guys that you know come in if they've been drinking or they're sneaking something under the table yeah. or they you know you're dropping f bombs every five seconds. Yeah, family store guys. <laughs> kind of keep that in mind for the gaming group. Like that's completely fine when you want to have the games in your garage at home yeah. or like you know if you just have pre-arranged a one-on-one yeah. game and you're having a good time that's awesome but if you want your gaming group to grow mm-hmm. you need to be inclusive yes otherwise which by the way that can mean pump the brakes yes that's, and that's sim- true. you know as simple as that so and what, and what would you for people that might not understand pump the brakes yeah so okay like, okay, let's say I've just got this really cool new toy and I want to try it out in this really good list that I've been, you know, really honing and really, you know, playing, right? When you get to the table and you see someone and they're like, oh, I'm going to put out this unit and you're like, okay, I know how to handle that. Well, okay, that's fine and being able to handle it and understand how the game is, but take a step back and look at who you're playing and know what their play type is. Yeah. If they are there to have fun, then have a fun game. I'm not saying throw the game necessarily, sure. right? But don't try to just cram them under the table with enough shooting that you just you win the game on turn two. Yeah, you know, pump the brakes, step back, you know, try different things. And I always talk with people a lot. And Eighth Edition is really nice because there's very few objectively awful units. Yeah, for sure, for sure, they exist, but mm-hmm. there's not nearly as many. So one of the things that's nice is if you're going to your gaming group and you do not have a game prearranged with somebody that you know and have yes. played it before and have interactions with, what you can do is essentially bring two lists. Bring one that you would bring to a mm-hmm. no-holds-bars competition and then bring another list that has got those models that look gorgeous sitting on your shelf that you wouldn't play at a tournament because they're just not good enough and they don't synergize well mm-hmm. enough, but you love the way they look, Yeah, that's your like fluffy army that you right, can bring. Yeah. And if you have both, you're mm-hmm. able to handle either type of player that comes through Yeah, as well. yeah, absolutely. Um, another thing, too, is, is tell your opponent that. Yes. Tell them, I have two lists 
that I would like to try out, what would you rather play against? Cool. Be open and be honest with them, because, I mean, honestly, had the Orc player known, like, that he was playing up against, you know, a super, super shooty Tau, which is kind of redundant, I guess, but, you know, maybe he could have been like, oh, uh, I don't know, can we not play with Forge World? Like, <laughs> that, you know, maybe that's an option. You know, I'm not, I don't actually know if they were playing with Forge World or not. It's just, Forge World's a good example for me because not only do they make gorgeous models, but their power level seems to be about 25% better than other things. Okay. I don't know if that's necessarily accurate, but that's the way that I feel it is. So, you know, we talked a lot about kind of building the gaming group. Um, yes. Ian has demonstrated that you can even have a tournament on a Tuesday and max out people, no questions asked. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go in a little bit more detail into what the steps you need to take if you want to organize your own tournament. Mm -hmm. um, Ian's going to provide some insight for that. We're going to yeah. kind of talk about some of the benefits of tournaments in general yes. as well. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll talk right about that right after the break. Cool. All right. Be right back. Hey everybody, this is Josh of Purge Alien. As you may know, in addition to our podcast, we also record Warhammer 40k and Age of Sigmar Battle Reports. And we would love to have you on the show. If you would like to come play a game with us, and possibly have it posted to YouTube, please leave a message us on Facebook at Purge Alien, or email us at contact at PurgeTheAlien.com. We hope to see you soon. Now let's go ahead and get back to the show. Hey guys, we're back. I'm still Mike. And I'm Ian! <laughs> <laughs> Once again, our special recurring guest that we have on for today from the Warhammer and Arbor Store. Mm -hmm. um, so before the break, we talked a lot about kind of building your gaming group. Yes. You mentioned that Ian is an expert right now on gaming <laughs> groups and, and tournament building and everything else. Um, so there's a couple things that we want to talk about here as well. Majority of our listeners are from the Midwest area. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a large following in Michigan as well, although we do have people from all over. Yeah. And one of the things we kind of want to talk about that's coming up is also the Michigan GT, or the Michigan yeah. Grand Tournament. Mm -hmm. um, it's been going on for years now. It's mm -hmm. on October 6th this year. Yeah, 6th, 7th, and 8th, which happens to land right on my birthday. Oh, perfect. <laughs> and one of the things we talk about with tournaments, whether it's the Golden Rhino, mm -hmm. um, which is a much more seemingly approachable tournament, or yeah. something larger scale like the Michigan GT, which on the 40K side, they're hoping to get 100 people. That's what they're hoping for, yeah. Uh, and I think LVO next year is trying to get 500 that, people. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> if I remember that's correctly. awesome, though. Um, from Frontline Gaming, mm -hmm. they've got an amazing thing. And a lot of times when you look at those tournaments, those are the ones that you see that will have internet articles written yeah. about the winners. Mm -hmm. It's going to have list breakdowns that yeah. shape the meta. It's where netlists come from, really. Yeah. It's where a lot of stuff. Right. And it can freak a lot of people out about the tournaments. It, it really can, because it seems over the top and over competitive. And I will say for one thing, it's not if you let it. Yes. You know? <laughs> so one of the things that I always like to mention for people when they're deciding to go to a tournament, whether it is a small one, um, you know, smaller one like Ian's Golden Rhino that mm -hmm. is going on, whether it's a mid-scale one like the Michigan GT, or whether it's a massive scale tournament like Adepticon or the yeah. BAO or the Las Vegas Open, is to figure out what you want out of the tournament before mm -hmm. you go to it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Is it something that you want to win the best general award? Mm -hmm. Do you want to win best painted? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of tournaments now will publish in advance their prize support. Yeah. So several mm -hmm. tournaments will say each faction there will be a best of award. I was just going to say, so to kind of kick off the topic, what you're talking about, um, to, to really simplify it, you got to know one, the area, yep. two, the venue, and then three, the style of tournament. Now, the nice thing is, is the ITC guys or frontline gaming. They, yes. they helped create the ITC, obviously, but they created, I think it's three different types of tournaments, 
RTTs, or a Rogue Trader Tournament, okay. a GT, or a Grand Tournament, and then I'm blanking on the third one because I don't go to it. Do you know what it is? Mm-mm. No? No, I don't know. Yeah, it's not a mega tournament. There's a name for it. The anyway, Open? Huh? Is it it's like Open? Bay Area Open, Las Vegas Open, and uh, Nova. And Nova. Those okay. three are all considered this level, and I cannot think for the life of me what it's called. But anyway, it'll come back to me when it's not important. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I bring it up, though, is that usually an RTT is going to be a much smaller event. It'll be one day, um, and it will be in one location with you know X number of people up to like 10, 15, 20. Like gotcha. most, right? Um, these ones are really small. Um, they're a lot more tight-knit communities, but you can usually see people come from out of town occasionally for these different ones. And by out of town, I mean, you know, like an hour drive. Yeah. Not like, I'm going to fly across the state to go to, you know. Uh, yeah, especially, um, you know, like going up to Traverse City, like we mentioned earlier, yeah. down where we're at, close to Ann Arbor, or going down to Toledo. Yeah. Toledo Gaming yeah. Room has a mm-hmm. lot of stuff, or, or going to Chicago. That's kind of the, the maximum distance. No right. one's going to really be flying it for an right. RTT. These are the kinds of tournaments that if you go to them, you will run into the same people over and over and over again, yep. usually speaking, um, which to an extent kind of becomes its own little mini gaming group, which is kind of funny when you sure. think about it, but yeah. it's, it's an isolated thing. Um, uh, a grand tournament is usually annually, so it's once a year, and this will hold anywhere from 30 or more people. The reason I bring up 30 is because that's what the Golden Rhino hit this year. Because it originally started out as just a small RTT, and this technically, had it been a two-day event, would have been a grand tournament. Gotcha. I, it could have been scored for ITC and everything, which is super awesome. So thank you guys who attended. Um, but these events are a little bit bigger and usually will change the format or your goal when you play in them. Mm-hmm. So in an RTT, there's kind of one thing. There is, I'm going to either win it or I'm not. Yeah. Now, by winning it, it can be maybe best sportsmanship, if the store or venue wants to do that, uh, best general, so best overall, um, you know, best battle leader, somebody who scored the most victory points. Best painted. Best painted. Yeah. Things like that. But that's pretty much it, which is what I did for the Golden Rhino. Uh, it kept it simple. We basically had four the, the four categories. But a GT can open it up to a lot more. And the Michigan GT did something really, really cool. And this is why I like to go to them. They have different faction categories. Yes. So, yeah, there's a best general and a best painted. But there's also the guy that won it for orcs. Who won it for Sisters of Battle or Inquisition. Who won it for Space Marines. Things like that. It gives you more, you know, opportunities to try for something. Yes. So... In my experiences, I don't go to win necessarily. I go to usually win for whatever category I want to play under. Yes. But me as being the person that I am, I'm usually trying to bring the most underdog list I can find. Sure. <laughs> so like one year it was like my whole mechanized orcs, sure. which in 7th edition was terrible because they're vehicles and we're didn't just you, Didn't you win best orcs? I missed it by a few points. Oh, okay. I literally I took second place out of the eight players there last year. So, which is that's fine. I'm totally fine sure. with that. I'm just there to play and have fun, which is really why you want to go to these things. Um, the year prior to that, I think I took uh, best for sh- what do they call it? Shadows of the Imperium, which yes. was a combination of Sisters of Battle, Grey Knights, Inquisition, and Assassins. Yes. Those four armies were lumped together. Um, I took combination of Sisters of Battle and Imperial Knights, but because it was literally one Imperial Knight as my ally, I fell under that category, and I ended up winning it, which was cool. That was a lot of fun for me. Um, 
And that's what, you know, Ian brings up sort of a good point is that a lot of times when you go to the tournament, if you are playing a, let's consider it more of an underpowered list. Yeah. Um, so an example right now is 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 kind of Necrons, actually. Oh. You don't see Necrons at a lot of the top tables. They're not really getting into top 10 lists. They don't have a lot of... They're surviving, but they're not kicking back. Exactly. So if you've got your gorgeous Necron list that you love and you love playing them, but you don't want to go to a tournament because there's no way you're going to have a chance to win. Yeah. At these larger events, you can still get best Necrons. Yes, absolutely. And the typical thing for a lot of these tournaments, and it's what the Michigan GT does, and it's why we really love them in their event, is they include every aspect of it for the scoring for the best faction. Mm -hmm. So I've won best Tyranids for the last two years. Yeah. And it's not only your battle points, it's your painting score, mm -hmm. it's your sportsmanship that goes yes. along with it as well. It, it is literally all aspects of the hobby and game that we love. Exactly. So you still have a chance to be able to do that kind of things because everybody likes being able to go into an event and, yeah, you're, you're going to be rolling some dices and you're getting some good games in against great opponents, mm -hmm. hopefully making some new friends and yeah. people to talk with. Mm -hmm. But it's always nice to have the option to walk away with some swag. Absolutely, <laughs> man. Yeah. So, like, actually, that you bring it up, it's funny, because for the, the Golden Rhino, I always try to make a, a yearly swag bag. Yeah. So I'll have, like, a couple of guys, like, uh, we had Dichotomy come in, who's local to Michigan. He made some stuff that people could get. Yep. Um, I got another guy, actually, who does um, laser cutting for on wood and, oh, nice. and he actually did a combat gauge for us for this year which was super cool so it was a big capital hl oh, as for nice. highland library and then it said 40k club but it was a one inch three inch and two inch marker so you could hook it up to your keychain but if you needed to you could just pull it out and measure it out which is really cool oh, that's pretty cool. gotta love some swag right um but so. that's one of the reasons why you can go to the tournament mm -hmm. is, look, you have a good chance at a lot of these bigger ones that you don't have to be the best of the best. You don't mm -hmm. even have to be top ten. You can play a little-known faction, still have the chance to compete for something the whole time, mm -hmm. which is awesome. The other good part and why you should be going to your small events that your friendly local game stores are putting mm -hmm. on is for its good tournament prep. Yes. But also, most importantly, guys, it's three games of 40k or age of sigmar that you are guaranteed to get in exactly <laughs> there's no scheduling you're not trying to wrangle down people you're right. not driving to the store only to get a text message saying that something come up and they're not there and now yeah. you waste your time like it is a guaranteed three games yeah that you are going to get mm -hmm. hopefully against different rps hopefully with good opponents yeah. but it's guaranteed playing time yeah you're also supporting the stores that are putting it out for these smaller events mm -hmm. which is amazing yeah and for the larger events, you know, not only you have a chance to win a lot of different good prizes, sometimes even cash prizes if you go to some of these big events, mm -hmm. uh, but what you get to do is you get to see people from all over the country. Mm -hmm. And if you go to a lot of these big events, you'll start running into the same people, so it's kind of nice. Yeah. And it can act as like a mini wargaming vacation. Yeah, it really can. Yeah, I went to Adepticon for the first time last year. Oh, perfect. And that was intense. That was crazy. There was literally yeah. thousands of people there playing Warhammer or, you know, some kind of war game of their choice basically going on. Awesome. I was there for the doubles event, and I literally bumped into like 10 of the guys I know from the Michigan GT. So it was like, you know, it was like mid-year reunion. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was so much fun. And then everybody remembers you because it's a small group. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And then one of the things, um, too, that we're going to be like talking about those big ones is that it's also a great opportunity and really a tip of the hat to the frontline gaming guys. Their larger tournaments are now putting on events after the gaming is over. Mm -hmm. And they're putting out events during the day for significant others as well. Yeah. They're planning trips to Las Vegas. Strip for the... 
um, for the Vegas Open. Mm-hmm. There's things to do for the Bay Area Open. There's yeah. a lot of these places. Yeah, what do they call that? Ladies, uh, ladies of Las Vegas or something like that? Something I, like that. I, when I first heard it, I was like, oh my god, this sounds terrible. What are we talking about? But <laughs> yeah. then it... Then it then it clicked when they were talking about it. It's it's literally all the significant others go together and go shopping exactly. and whatever, whatever. You know, I mean, if that's what they want to do, cool. But you or know. shows in the strip. It's just yeah. it's a good group, and it's it's nice because you know everyone's budget financial situation is different. Mm-hmm. Trying to just go solo, yes. to fly somewhere, bring all your stuff with you, to just mm-hmm. go by yourself can run rub a lot of couples the wrong way. Yeah. This way it's like, hey, it's not just me going, let's both go to Vegas. Yeah. Let's both go out to California. Mm-hmm. Let's both go to Chicago for Adepticon yeah. or out for in the East Coast for Nova. You can do things and have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can kind of change the way that tournament feels from just like, hey, cool, I'm playing like five rounds of games to yeah. maybe I can win some prizes. I want to meet some people. I want to yeah. have some good time. But I'm also going to have a vacation that's tied into it as well. Yeah. And I can still have all my nights free and days free and take an extra day on a Monday and enjoy yourself. <laughs> yes. You'll have a yeah. good time for it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. one question real quick before sure. we go to the next part. So, right now you mentioned that you're at 30. Yes. For the G- Do you think in the future that you would ever be able to <laughs> get more than 30? Like, for next year, is, yes. there, a, is there a new goal for how many people you want? Well, okay, so here's the thing. I, like, immediately got feedback from the library and Dawn, who helped me, uh, which is super awesome. But basically, they said... 30 is the most they want to handle. <laughs> there was a lot of people to deal with. And I know we were kind of secluded into only a couple of rooms. Yeah. But, I mean, it's still, it's a public library. Like, they have other, you know, people that they have to take exactly. care of and, and things like that. So, 30 for them felt like the cap. Now, here's the thing. Me and Don talked about it. We're going to talk about it some more. There is a slim, and I'm going to highlight this, slim <laughs> possibility that we could maybe do something on a Sunday. Okay. Okay. The reason I bring that up is because on Sunday, the library is officially closed, which means if we open it specifically for us and for our event, we would have full range of a whole library. We could have more people. Interesting. So it's a possibility. Um, I'm going to not hold my breath and say that we're probably going to stick to last Tuesday of every month, and it's going to be a 30-person cap, and when you hear about it, be ready to jump. Okay. That's, you know, but I mean, obviously, if I can do more, I will. Because I've, sure. I've done it every year so far. Hey, so that's what we like to hear. Yeah. So there's a lot of people out there that are probably listening. You mm-hmm. know, we kind of talked, like I said, about the gaming groups. Yeah. There's a lot of people that probably want their stores to have tournaments. Um, yes. And one of the best ways, if your store is not actively running tournaments, mm-hmm. or if they're running them but they're not seeing a high volume of people come through, yes. one of the number one ways to become successful is... To take a little bit of responsibility for the store. Yes. Ask them if it's okay. Mm-hmm. Generate the mission packets so the store doesn't have to deal with it. That's a big step, by the way. Handle a lot of different issues so the store isn't spending manpower mm-hmm. on these things they might not have. That way you can generate this event. It also yeah. gives somebody they can routinely talk to if people have questions, a lot of different stuff. Yeah. So for those out there that are looking to grow a tournament or yeah. to start a tournament, mm-hmm. you can kind of like talk about some of the things with like the gold rider that you want to make sure that you take care of in the yeah. beginning and like the kind of tournament one-on-one. Yeah. There, anybody um, so this is my learning experience and what I have taken away from other tournaments, like the everything from a small RTT to the Michigan grant tournament. All right. So if, if I forget something or if I miss something that you think, all right, I'm not a hundred percent. This is just what I do. And also if we don't cover everything or you have questions about what Ian's saying, mm-hmm. 
Shoot us a message on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Shoot us an email. Yeah. Put a comment on the YouTube. You can get a hold of me. Like, you can always find me at Warhammer Ann Arbor. <laughs> exactly. We're happy to help because we want to see the community grow no matter where you're at. Exactly. So, uh, first things first, um, you kind of have to have a community. You can't just walk into a hobby shop that sells Magic the Gathering and be like, I want to throw a Warhammer 40k tournament here. It's probably not going to happen. Um, but... There are a lot of established places right now, especially in the Michigan area. Everything from Grand Rapids all the way over to Garden City. Like gotcha. there's there's yeah. you know local stores that are doing something. But basically, you have to have some kind of core group of people that are there on a regular basis. All right, whether they want to play in a tournament or not. Um, number two, uh, make sure people know in enough time. Yeah. Don't be like, hey, I'm going to throw a tournament this weekend. Yeah, today's Thursday. You mean this Saturday? Yeah, yeah this Saturday. No, don't do that. <laughs> Would you say like a month? Four to six weeks is the magic number. Okay. okay? Um, I say that specifically because it gives people time to think about it, decide they can't go, and last minute change their mind. Because okay. <laughs> that happens every time. Um, so what about if we've got that timetable? Yes. You know, you mentioned earlier when we talked mm -hmm. about the previous tournament that was up in Traverse where yeah. they had a ton of people on Facebook saying, which yeah. probably caused, you know, our couple friends that we knew from our group to drive up there and go yeah, because there's yeah. so many people. Um, would you make people prepay? Um, well, okay, so for me and my store, I can't charge entry fee. Okay. It's not something that we do. Um, it's basically more for bragging rights for us. But here's what I ask. When you sign up, I want to know your army list. I want to know what your availability is that day. And I want to know why you're coming. Gotcha. Okay. If you can answer me these three questions very calmly and relaxed, I trust you. Cool. You're, you're probably going to be there. Because what can happen is the fight or flight kind of syndrome. And people will be like, oh, I want to go to this event. So they hit, they are going rather than they're interested. Okay. Um, so... Mike, you're going to an event. That's cool. That just popped up on my Facebook feed. That seems interesting to me. Oh, if Mike's going to go, I'm going to go. Mm -hmm. And then I go. And then, you know, Kyle goes. And then his friend goes. Right? So now we got a chain of five people without even talking to each other that are going to go to this tournament that you may or may not even be going just because you hit the wrong button. Yeah. Right? Um, so communication is super duper key on that because okay. that can really backfire. Um, the other thing too is make sure that everybody that is interested understands what the cap is. Yes. All right. So I do run small little RTT style events at the Warhammer Ann Arbor store every once in a blue moon because I only have so much space. Mm. I can literally run a max of about eight people unless I do a doubles event, which I'll talk about what I'm doing later for that. Um, but I had, uh, it was an eight-person, 1,000-point tournament, and I had eight people sign up the first day that I posted it, and I had eight people sign up every single day after that. <laughs> so I had 30 people saying that they were going to try and come to this, and basically I had a reserves list in case somebody didn't show up. Well, what ended up happening was all of those people, none of them showed up that Saturday except for the original eight Mm. And the store was a ghost town otherwise. Gotcha. So that actually was bad and backfired. Um, so what I would make sure is that people understand that there is a, a cap number and that's it, right? Um, it's a good idea to have a ringer. So if you have somebody that's sure. there all the time, like, hey, buddy, bring your army just in case. Yeah. Right? Um, and that ringer's a good thing to have. Yeah, just, just in case. You know, somebody has to leave last minute or, you know, uneven numbers. Because I honestly, I hate doing that by the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, you get to sit there and get an auto win. And that's not fun for anybody. Um, so we've got the, mm -hmm. you know, we have to have the community. You yes. know, don't, you can't just build something from nothing. Correct. Um, we want to have ample communication. Yes. So four to six weeks out. Yes. Uh, 
and probably like what we didn't talk about is yeah. some regular updates and mentions. Uh, not only that, but on the four to six weeks, when you post the event, whether it is in the store that you're running it at, it is on Facebook or both, make sure that everything is clearly outlined. Oh, good call. Usually what I'll do is I'll say, hey guys, I'm going to throw in a tournament and here is what you need to know. Bullet point one, it's a thousand points. Bullet point two, you need to have a copy of each list. Bullet point three, when you sign up, I need to see that list. Yes. Bullet point, you know, things like this, right? Make sure it's very clear. And always at the bottom, make sure people know that they can contact you to ask questions, okay? Because depending on where you're hosting the event, they might not know or be able to answer the questions. Mm -hmm. So there needs to be some kind of, again, communication. And once again, for people that are out there too doing this, um, you know, Ian hit the nail on the head. Because all it takes is one person saying, wait, you know, is Forge World allowed? Yes. And then all of a sudden somebody goes, oh, wait, and they wait and get for a response. And then if Forge World is allowed, somebody might not want to go. Or somebody that was like, oh, I assumed Forge World was allowed. My list has, you know, four things in it. And now it's not. I'm not going to go at all. Exactly. Yeah, good. Yeah, that's bad. So clear <laughs> from the beginning... Uh, the ITC is still doing regular FAQs mm -hmm. uh, that combine GW's FAQs with some other tournament ones. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, you know, changing the way you go first, depending on yeah. how you have drop. Some simple stuff. And yeah. Eighth edition's covered a lot of bases, but mm -hmm. they still have one. And to all tournament organizers out there, I highly recommend using the ITC FAQ because yeah. they want you to use it. It's free to download and <laughs> upload yeah. for them. Also, if you can use the Best Coast Pairings app, mm -hmm. these are tools that solve the time constraint mm -hmm. of asking questions. So guess what? You don't have to put, like, answer, is Forge World allowed? Yeah. How many things <laughs> do I get to take? Mm -hmm. How many points is this going to be? Yeah. You don't have to answer, like, a million questions. Yeah. If you just post that this is the way that we're playing, mm -hmm. then all those questions are answered by seriously somebody just looking at the FAQ in the notes. Yeah. And it will save you, and if you're a store owner listening to this, your employees as well, answering Facebook questions and it's all just going to get made very, very simple and you also don't have to create the packet. Yeah, I was just <laughs> going to say, it gives you a source actually to reference, right? Yes. So you both can go look at this packet or like the ITC. It's kind of why I did it for the Golden Rhino. I was... Honestly, I was a little bit against it at first because, in my opinion, it was way too early to be modifying this game that sure. we were just starting to learn. But after listening to what they were talking about and why they were doing it, I play-tested it myself, and I do believe they are correct. Mm -hmm. um, the plus one to a dice roll to see who goes first, I think, is a lot more fair than just auto-go. Yeah. Because now it gives you another thing that you can build your list to. That beside the point, though, being that it's an ITC-style event... When I say ITC, International Tournament Circuit, or I'm sorry, Independent Tournament yep. Circuit, I know what I'm getting into. Yes. I know what style of play it is. I know what missions are already immediately possibility for it. Um, and it just, it makes things, I guess, uniform. It's uniform, and this is by no means to discourage stores from wanting to run some cool like Highlander tournaments or anything else. Mm -hmm. It's just if you are doing something along those lines, you will have to spell out every single rule. As mm -hmm. And do it. Make gamers, sure you weird, do it. <laughs> yeah, as gamers, we're nitpicky people. Yeah. So we're going to ask all those questions. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to create missions or mission packs and all mm -hmm. this stuff. And a lot of stuff is pre-made for you. Yeah. So if it works and is being used by some of the top tournaments out there and they're offering it for free, which yeah. they are... You use them. Yeah, why <laughs> if, not? If you want to change a line or two, fine. Mm, yeah. But at least the framework is there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I think even the uh, the Forge, the narrative guys from Bell Lost Souls, they yes. had their own tournament packet that literally he said, 
uh, if you need to, email me. I can add it in for you. Yes. <laughs> if you can't figure it out, which is really cool. Though. So we got the community group. We got our people yeah. coming. We got our communication with our yeah. people. We had how you're going to build the missions mm-hmm. and answering other questions. Mm-hmm. What's what do you think of the last step for people? Um, okay. Now here's something that you need to keep in mind. What kind of tournament or event are you running? And I, I, I really stress this because is it a uh, hardcore ITC style test your best list tournament? Um, if it is, you should probably put that in the notes. Yes. Hey, this is the, you know, the, I don't know, the Iron Mountain tournament. Uh, bring your best list. We're doing it 2,000 points. Try your hardest. See if the winner is, is going to score as high as you possibly can in this mm-hmm. ITC style event. Tell a story about it. Let people know that they're going into. That way when, you know, uh, Craig walks in and goes, oh, I don't know if I want to go to this. He can read this little blurb and be like, mm, that's really not for me. Yeah. Or the reverse. This is an open narrative event. Bring your fluffiest story uh, list that is battling, a, you know, Tyranids versus the Ultramarines on this planet, right? That way people understand, oh, I shouldn't bring, you know, three Vindicator tanks every single time. Yeah. Like, okay, bring one. I'm going to bring cool commander. I'm going to bring, you know, a cool uh, command group for him. You know, really tell a story like that. But there's a very distinct, you know, difference between the two style of events. Agreed. Yeah. And I think one of the things that is, and, and once again, 8th edition has been doing a really good job balancing it out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. Speaking of Imperium Games last year when it was known as Flatland Games, they had had a tournament that was either for Michigan GT prep or Adepticon prep. Mm-hmm. And oh, they it was had, the Adepticon. I know exactly what you're yeah, talking about. Adepticon prep and, and four Ooh. people showed up. Yeah. Almost a year and a couple months later, 8th edition drops. There's a Michigan GT prep, which is almost the exact same style of a tournament. Yes. And I believe it was over 40 people that yeah. they had go to the same, the same, same the space to change. <laughs> yeah. Uh, exact same type of player that yeah. should have been going to either one it was just 8th edition solve that yeah um, if you're one of those people that wants to walk the line mm-hmm. between having something that is a turner prep for a GT but you want to make it a little bit different you can change your prize support mm-hmm. because that is yeah. a nice balance if you go in and say this is prep for Adepticon mm-hmm. it's prep for the Michigan GT it's prep yeah. for Nova but you say that while we're using that style mm-hmm. and that format, it is a raffle tournament, yeah. meaning the winner of each game gets a ticket and you yeah. can put this in. And so you could be dead last and still have a chance to walk away with the prize. Yeah. And maybe you give first place something anyways. Yes. But you make it a little bit better. That way you've got yeah. people that can win a little bit more. Now, I will actually say this. So when I run events at my store, I can't charge entry fee and I can't give prizes away. So a lot of people will say, well, why do you even run them? And I go, here's the thing, though. It's bragging rights. Sure. Um, It was also a vent for you guys, right? You're going to come and play three rounds, like you were saying, and have fun. So when I run an event that is maximum eight people, and it's going to be on Saturday from 1 o'clock till 8 o'clock, you know, or whatever it might be, I have people that jump right in to jump in and play, not because they want to win, but because it's fun. Yeah. So there's, again, there's that distinction. Make sure people understand. If you put a large price support on the line, now you are going to get people show up with their beat fates list, whether you want them to or not, because they want that price support. Yep. If you change that immediately to raffle style, well, then I can't control everything now because it's a raffle style tournament. Maybe I'm going to go and have a little bit more fun. Gotcha. Which is why I do that for the Golden Rhino. Um, but if you want to have a... I'm not going to say a necessarily nicer crowd, because I think that's going to put an <laughs> ugly term on it, but you're going to have more enjoyable people and more enjoyable attitudes from everybody come play sure. than 
take out prize support entirely. Yeah. You know, uh, you don't need to. If you want to go to a tournament and practice for it, this is a perfect opportunity for that. You don't have to pay anything to get in, and you don't walk away with anything other than maybe a really cool certificate from me. <laughs> You're right, right? Get it? Okay. Um, <laughs> but it's a fun event, and it is a tournament, and it gives yeah. you practice, right? And, you know, and Ian brings up, like, a good point with that as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do it. And the best part is if you've got the other steps that we mentioned, if you've got a good Warhammer community in your area, if you mm -hmm. have good communication, you have the availability and the space to do these things, try it out and see what you want. Mm -hmm. You might find and get feedback. Yo, like yes. Having an exit survey or mm -hmm. having, how did we do? What would you guys like to see different? Mm -hmm. You will hear things. Now, some of it's going to be stuff that you're never going to use. Yeah, Some of it's going to be stuff that's like, oh, great! I didn't, I would have never known that you were having an issue with this. Yes, you will hear all sorts of this, and mm -hmm. this is how you make that next event better. Yep. Because when you literally will just come out and say that you listen to feedback and mm -hmm. you are making these adjustments, yes, you will get more people that show up. Yes, and they will invite absolutely. more people, and it will work. Uh, a fantastic example of that I will throw out the Golden Rhino. Um, there was. The prior years, I had done it so that everybody would just vote for their favorite army, and the winner of that got bonus points and would be the best painted army. Um, those years, I had gotten feedback saying I didn't know how to win it, so it was impossible for me to win it, which, whether that is true or not, is how the person was feeling. Sure. Um, so I took that into consideration, and I decided to add a point system, which I actually borrowed straight from Games Workshop when they did the Inner Circle. They broke everything down based on points. Um, the problem was, though, is that it now becomes gameable. Yeah. Um, and, and whether that happened or not, that was a side effect, and people were um, displeased or upset, I will say. Um, so I'm going to change that again, but I didn't know that if I hadn't asked for that feedback. Yes. You know, so... Guys, it's a community. You talk both directions. You listen both directions, and it all becomes better because of it. And that's a it's a fantastic thing to say too. And also, just because you said something and it wasn't changed, mm -hmm. um, doesn't necessarily mean that the feedback wasn't heard Correct. or recognized. Yes, it could be that it's simply not feasible. Yes, um, it could also mean that. Unfortunately, if you get a large group of people to play mm -hmm. because you might not like something. Everybody else might, yeah, or two thirds or mm -hmm. something. So it's a little different. Um, yeah, I mean, like for example, one of the feedbacks I got was uh, there should be more space for more people to come. That's awesome. I totally <laughs> agree with you, but literally not physically possible unless I change something extremely major, like the venue location, or if we try to do this thing where it's open on a Sunday. Yes, which again, probably not going to happen. And then, yeah, and, and now once again for like the Golden Rhino, mm -hmm. uh, because like I said, Persian was a sponsor and we got to look over the comments because they were public on Facebook mm -hmm. as well. You know, something like there needs to be more line of sight blocking terrain. That is 100% true. I had no idea the addition was going to flip terrain rules so heavily. Yeah. I, I mean, if I had known and I had time to prepare, there would have been at least two to three large pieces of line yes. of sight blocking terrain. But honestly, all the terrain we had was everything that we've been collecting over the years, which has literally been like hills, bunkers, trenches, and a ruin <laughs> or two. Like, I literally have eight water features I made because of last year. Yeah. Water features are useless, this edition. They look pretty. <laughs> These ones didn't look that pretty, though. Like, these so were that's what, I mean, that's just the thing. So, you know, something like that, so you know, something we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, there was another comment there as well that got put in there for it was talking about... Um, 
you know, setting up terrain, like yourself, or putting it in. Yeah. That's sort of like a 50-50 thing. That is. Um, uh, I honestly, I took that straight from the GT because uh, it made it so that it was another strategic point of value for both you and your opponent. Yes. You didn't walk into a static terrain uh, table and you guys rolled off and he won the one side, so clearly that was a terrible setup for the game and you lost it from the beginning. Yes. That's not true when you do a roll-off and you place terrain piece by piece because now you and your opponent are now playing a mental game of choice. You know, am I choosing this terrain first so that he doesn't choose that one or am I, you know, so on and so forth. Um, and there's advantages and disadvantages. You know, um, yeah. the person made a very good point that, you know, it does take a little bit of time. It did, yes. Um, but, you know, once again, as we always talk about time, we mentioned yeah. this a lot on the previous podcast that yeah. came up in ways to speed up the game, is a lot of it comes down to decision-making practice. Yes. If it's something that you're not used to doing, yeah, you're going to take a lot of time. Yeah. But really, if you're playing in a lot of events where it has this or you're doing this a lot in your home games, like it, it should take about 60 seconds yeah. to set up terrain. Uh, yeah. Maybe with some careful measuring, yeah. two minutes. Yeah. Um, I even gave you combat gauges, guys. <laughs> joking, but, you know, with the other part with that is, you know, it, that's what, like we said, it's a 50-50 one mm-hmm. um, that I'm sure will get looked at next year because there will be people that um, will want it to happen to save time, but there's also going to be people that would have complained that because the terrain was pre-set up, their army got ranged out of yep. certain things so mm-hmm. you know just kind of always think about the other side and same thing for like the maelstrom we had there's mul- yeah. multiple comments about that and there yeah. is by the way for every tournament so you're not alone with saying yeah. it um, yeah. with maelstrom missions being you know potentially unfair um, which i totally get that because there's that random element of i drew three cards in a row that i cannot complete almost in any way shape or form but i cannot get rid of because they are parked in the very back corners or whatever the reason may be I get that. Um, it's Maelstrom's not going away. It's not. <laughs> but there might be some form of modifier in the future. Yeah. Um, once again, 8th edition stuck up. Ian and I talked a little bit. There possibly could be something next year, and I encourage other tournaments to do mm-hmm. this as well, where if you dr- obviously if you draw one and you can't do it, well, most tournaments will have you discard. Yeah, and I did do that. But another one is also if you draw one mm-hmm. and it's, you know, claim objective four. And yeah. that happens to be in the middle of a hundred conscripts, three Lehman Russ, and Imperial tank, and mm-hmm. you physically that there's no way you're yeah. ever gonna be able to do it. Um, you know, we've seen some talks with people, it's like spend a command point to discard a card. I was just gonna say, that is a stratagem. I if people didn't use it, then that's on you, but that's part of the game now. Yeah. So, so there, there's ways to take a look at mm-hmm. it. So, uh, you know, we covered a lot. If you guys have questions about building tournaments, you know, we kind of we painted it with really broad strokes. There's obviously yeah. some nitty gritty stuff to go in there. Uh, but you know, one of the things that we really just kind of wanted to finish on is, you know, just real quick, because we're not going to call anybody out or bash anybody specifically no, about it. No. Is just like, is there some things that you've seen mm-hmm. in the tournament scene, whether it's a large national scale tournament or a small tournament, mm-hmm. that um, you know you think are kind of like. Mm, Making it for a worse experience for people that are going to... Um, yeah, I mean... Let's do like one or two things each real quick. Yeah, like attitude is really a big part of it. So I'm going to kind of sidetrack for a second and then come back to the point. But what I'm talking about is when you go to the tournament, make sure you have a very, very clear understanding of what you want out of the tournament. Because if you don't understand what you want, you're going to get confused and mix signals from both you and your opponent during your games. And the tournament organizer. And the tournament organizer. So when I go to the Michigan GT, I go there for five things. 
because there's there's five <laughs> missions. Yeah, great, great audio. I just realized I'm putting up fingers. There, there's five <laughs> missions, right? Sorry, for those that can't see, uh, <laughs> he didn't pull the five fingers. He literally did like a one-hand jazz hand. So sorry why I collect myself over here. <laughs> so, okay, there's five things that I go there for, right? And it's basically each mission is, is something that I want to, right? So each mission, I'm going to play a game. Each mission, I want to have fun at this game. Um, but more importantly, each mission, I want to learn something about this game. And then each mission, I want to make a friend. Sure. Okay? Um, I keep those things in mind every time I go to play and have fun because whether I win or lose, I can do all of those things. Yep. Okay? Um, and that's, that is my personal distinction when I walk into the event and when I walk up to the table and when I roll my dice. Um, if that's not what you want to do and you want to play to win, make sure your opponent kind of understands that. Like, hey, dude, your army looks great. It looks like an awesome list. I wish you the best of luck, but I'm going to try and play and win this mission. Yeah. You know, if you say that literally right up front, I've got no problem. Cool, let's do this. I know what you're here for, right? Um, it, it's the people that walk up to the table that are dead silent, that are, you know, very stern, and that are there to cold calculate out the mission and to play and win it as fast as possible. Pause. That's part of the game. That's the way this person wants to have fun. That's fine. But you got to make that communication with yep. them. Um, and that's and it's something yeah. that's easy. Uh, last year, so Ian and I are a little bit different. I am that person that wants to go up to the table and that I want to win. I you played Tyranids and won it category two years in a row. Yes. I, I'd say uh, that's fair. <laughs> I, I want to win Tyranids. I want to win, you know, I want to win the best overall a lot of times. Obviously, Tyranids, a couple editions weren't able to do that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I digress. But I have literally had these open conversations. Uh, last year, I played against an amazing guy who literally had America orcs. They were red, white, and blue. Yeah, it was so cool. I sat down, talked to them, like, real quick. I could know just by looking at his list that I'm probably going to win. Yes. Um, so, you know. And, and now, actually, pause. That's not you being mean. No. That's being honest based on your knowledge in the game and the edition you were playing. Yes. And it's a little different now, but mm -hmm. this is kind of one of those things, like, a million things would have had to go wrong for me to actually lose the mm -hmm. game. So immediately, I know I'm going to win. I'm going to talk with them in a nice way to be like, hey, cool, Like, just so you know, like I'm doing this. I'm trying to win best dids. I'll talk with them about the way they painted everything. Mm -hmm. We'll have fun. And just to be light. Because yeah. like you've expressed that, like, sorry, I'm about to probably kick your face in. Yeah. But like, let me buy you a drink. Yeah, Let's right? talk. Let's do some good things. Mm -hmm. it, can, it can work both ways to have a good attitude. Yeah. But getting back to sort of one of the points was um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was just some of the, the common mistakes that a lot of tournaments make. Um, especially some of like the smaller local ones that might not yeah. have the most experience. Um, once again, we're not calling anybody out. One of the first ones is that there needs to be a hard start time to your tournament. Yeah. Oh, um, gosh. Um, that is a mistake. I'm not going to say a mistake, but it is something that happened for the Golden Rhino this year. We ended up starting 30 minutes late because mm -hmm. people showed up 15 minutes late. Um, it happens. I get it. But I literally had to take that time out of the first mission round. Yes. And that was not fair to a lot of the players. And so. you don't know stores or locations, times, or anything like that. Yeah. Um, it needs to be hard. If somebody's not there, mm -hmm. uh, that sorry. Like, that sucks. They're going to lose the first round. You know, mm -hmm. if you've got a ringer player, they can take care of it. Mm -hmm. um, but everyone has been to that tournament where something was supposed to start, and you're waiting 40 minutes, and now this person is sitting there wondering, well, I could have done this. I could have slept another 40 minutes. Yeah. Could have spent more time with my family. Yeah. Could have been back home. Yes. If this is delayed 40 minutes, that means we're not getting lunch yeah, on right. time. Or it means that I'm going to be ending an hour late with now all of a sudden, like for me, I go and tell the wife instead of being home at like 8 o'clock, now I'm home at like 
nine o'clock, yeah. and that's a difference for like going out to dinner. Yep. Uh, start the event yeah. on time. Be punctual, man. No matter, <laughs> yeah, even if you have to tell people, like, send your list in advance, get mm-hmm. this all cleared. If you do not have it, it is yeah. done. But like, it should be pairings are up. Yeah. Clock goes. If your tournament starts at eleven. You know, maybe at 11.05 at the latest, but that right. should just be while yeah. letting everybody get to the table. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but locked in. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you could think of that's been, like, some red flags one they could see? Um, oh, as far as, like, in a tournament? And yeah, so, something that can help them run smooth at least to a bad experience for, like, the other Yeah, team. so um, this kind of happened to both of us at the Michigan GT last year. Not a problem by their part. This was, a, I think, a problem with the player error, so to speak. Um, be honest about your army and your list. Oh. If, if I walk over to your table and you have a super gorgeous uh, salamander's list and you have a display to match it, I better hope to God you are playing salamanders and not iron hands. And if you're going to play iron hands rules, this is perfectly fine, but you should tell me up front about this well in advance and not turn three when I just shot you and bad thing happened X. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those... Honesty is the best policy. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things... Um... Ian's being very nice. He's talking about it just because it happened to me. It's just not a. It's just what weird thing. Um, especially if you're an experienced mm-hmm. player, yeah. somebody kind of hands you a list. Mm-hmm. And you can see what everything is on the board because it's a WYSIWYG, and then at the top it just happens to, like say Iron Hands. There might be like an artifact different. Yeah. Um, but just open communication about what you got. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got, even if somebody says, "Oh, I know exactly what I'm playing against Eldar," but you've got some weird Forge World thing. Yes. And it's got a really random skirt rule. It's mm-hmm. like the fifth rule of it, but yeah. like you know, it's going to play take yeah. into effect. You know, when you hand them the list, mm-hmm. point that rule out. Well, here's the thing. Like I said, I went to Adepticon last year, right? We did the team event. I I was the guy that ran the Screamer Star for Zinch. Yeah. I, but it's a tournament. I'm trying to place well and run, right? So all my opponents, the first one we played against a double orc player. The first thing I said was, just so you know, I'm running the Screamer Star. This is a two-up re-rolling ones and vulnerable save if I pull it off, which is not hard at all. Gotcha. All right? Then the guy even asked, are, they, are you sure they're not facking it? And I was like, you know what? That's a good question. I went and pulled a TO. He said, no, they ran it 100%. They're not changing it. So it was a two-up re-rolling ones in vulnerable save, but my opponent was very clear before the first dice was rolled. Yeah. Um, because it is... It was not a fun thing to play against, sure. and, and I'll be honest, it kind of wasn't that much fun to play with. Yeah, 7th um, edition for you. Yeah. But, you know, and that's kind of one of those things, just being very clear. Um, and that's not so much on the TO's side, it's more on the player's side. Yeah. And, like, a big other one, um, just just for TO's out there, mm-hmm. you know, start times, that same thing applies for stop times. Yeah. Um, if you want to give or take five or ten minutes of the round, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've all been where, like, those tables change. Yeah. Now, if it is the last game of the day mm-hmm. or it is between two people that are like one and two and like you know you want to give them a little bit of time to play it out that's completely different because yeah. at the end of the day people can pack up yeah if they're not getting a prize they can leave like there's a lot of things mm-hmm. but hard times are good to go with that yeah. um as well i do have one other thing actually um and this is going to sound kind of silly because i think every tournament says it and points it out um <clears throat> WYSIWYG what you see is what you get yeah now i'm pointing this out in particular because it's very important as to why. The reason we want things to be what you see is what you get is so that when I, your opponent, looks across the table at 30 boys with assault guns, I know that they are shooters, not close combat variants. Yes. I, just by looking at it. I don't might not necessarily know that the gun does X versus Y or whatever. But if you are running 30 boys and they have a pistol and close combat weapon, but they are actually supposed to be shooters, then this now 
enters a question when I run into them shooting X number of shots at me and I don't understand why. The game just got slower. I am now confused and upset, um, maybe. I mean, granted, that could be something very silly with Orc Boys, but, you know, you get kind of what I'm getting at. Um, make sure that your army is as visually clear as possible yes. along with your list so that the game is smoother that way. And I, I will say that a lot of times, um, you know, a lot, a lot of times what we're talking about with, like, with tournament organizers when they do things like this, where they allow some things to go with WYSIWYG, mm -hmm. or they change some stop times, or they let people join late and push mm -hmm. them back. It's all coming from a good place, because they want everyone oh, yeah. to have fun. No one wants a bad experience mm -hmm. in your house. But there's a lot of times where some stuff can come up like that, mm -hmm. where, unfortunately, one of the problems about being a tournament organizer is you are the principal of yeah, the school. Yeah. You're, you're the responsibility charge. falls on your shoulders. So... It, if I start off a game and Ian and I are playing and all of his Tau commanders have the wrong weapons on them for yeah. WYSIWYG, mm -hmm. regardless of what's going on, there's nothing that jumps out to you until you read the paper and say, wait, they all have fusions, but you have them armed with plasma. Like, what's going on? Right. If we talk about it or a tournament organizer notices this, yes. the emphasis should not be on one of us mm -hmm. to call out the player that is playing incorrectly, that has an invalid list, that has anything else that's wrong. Yeah. The emphasis is on the tournament organizer. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of times a tournament organizer doesn't want to necessarily kind of like step to the plate for this one, mm -hmm. mainly just because like, for all you know, the person they're playing against could not really care. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. The other issue though is that the other player just might be really nice and might not want to cause a scene because yeah. if this happens at the beginning of the game, you're stuck with this guy for two and a half hours in front and of you. That is usually the problem. Please do not be afraid to talk and communicate with your opponent. Yeah. Please do not be afraid to ask questions and, by golly, compliment them on their army yes. <laughs> if you have to, to call them out. Be like, oh, that's a fantastic Tau Commander you have there. I love both plasma weapons he has. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so that's like one of the big things. Um, so like I said, there's a lot of stuff to go through. Um, yeah. Once again, hit us up with comments if you need help with the tournaments. Yeah. Hit us up if there's something that, you know, your tournament scene has been doing, mm -hmm. you know, right, yes. that you want us to adapt or to yeah. spread the news on, or if there's mm -hmm. something they've been doing like a little bit wrong, you want to talk about it for it, um, you know, we're happy to go through, yeah. uh, kind of be a little bridge in between the communication between people. Yeah. And the last thing really that we wanted to talk about real quick is sort of, talked a lot about the TOs, mm -hmm. about organizing it, creating, building a community what you should be doing in the tournament, some common TO mistakes that they make the first times and how mm -hmm. to fix them. But the last one is sort of on the players. Ian talked about attitude, which is the number one. But the number two is that if you are going and playing in a tournament, in the store, in a store or anywhere, support where you're going. Oh, yeah. Right? Extremely. <laughs> if you walk in with a fully painted army, everything's gorgeous, and you sit down and you go into Imperial Games, you go into Pandemonium, you go into AFK, mm -hmm. you go into... Or Ann, Ann Arbor. <laughs> you sit down and you're going to play, mm -hmm. and you have a possibility of winning prizes or essentially, you know, using their space for eight hours and taking them yeah. up. Buy something there. Mm -hmm. okay? No, no. That being said, um, like Imperium Games, they have snacks and drinks and things like that. That's what I'm talking about. You know, yeah. I don't have stuff like that, but everybody paints their armies. Everybody can read a Black Library novel. Sure. Everybody can enjoy the White Dwarf magazine. It's not much, but it's it's. It's one of those things where it's a, um, it's it's very nice. It's very personable. It's very community growing. Exactly. You know? Like seriously, as Ian pointed out, you know, if you if you go to Imperium Games or if you go to any of those other mm -hmm. local stores that we mentioned as well, um, 
don't bring in your own pop. Just buy yeah. one there from them. You know, and if they've got snacks, buy from them. Yeah. Like, see if you can go through, and maybe they might have a couple food partners they talk to. Yeah. And that way you can call the pizza place and be like, I'm here in Imperium Games, because believe it or not, that actually, like, helps them out in the community. Yeah. If, you know, that's all you can afford, you're probably going to be eating or drinking anyways, mm-hmm. that's fine. But yeah. also, if you just need to buy a pot of paint, yeah. a new can of primer, mm-hmm. they got some new things for, like, some scenery or some static graphs. Like, it can be small. A but, new carrying case a for can- the new army you're about to start (laughs) it can be be anything but i I just always encourage people to do this because you know a lot of times the stores are donating space you're donating time yes it's great because they're getting you in the store you get to take a look at them Mm -hmm. um and by the way ian works for warm and armor i'm not affiliated with anybody so i'm saying this just bluntly but you know one of the reasons why they want to get you there is the only way they can continue to support tournaments mm-hmm. and just support people coming in and playing is if you buy stuff. Yeah. If you just go into the eBay monster and everywhere online yeah. and you play at a store multiple times a week or mm-hmm. a month and you don't contribute anything to that store mm-hmm. except for being there and you don't <laughs> buy any product, if that store closes or starts struggling and can't do this stuff anymore, mm-hmm. they stop carrying the products that you want. Like that's that's why. That's why. Yeah. You like, <laughs> need to, you know, be yeah. sure that if you like, if you go over to, you know, AFK's got Michigan GTs and yeah. Acropolis has got one coming up in Adrian on the 13th, I think. Okay. Uh, 13th of August. They've got a Michigan GT primer, if I remember correctly, and uh, Gamer Sanctuary all the way up in Flint. Yeah. He's got one. Mm-hmm. Like, when you guys go to these stores, even if you're driving, you know, just, just buy some snacks, buy some food from them, mm-hmm. something like that. Just support them. Yeah. That way, they come out there and it gives them a reason why to have the next event yes because if they go out and cool we had 40 people there and nobody bought anything anything. (laughs) why would i ever run that event again yeah so guys just for just for a heads up for them to go do it and Mm -hmm. then uh you know once again we talked about the michigan gt a lot uh, we're gonna be having somebody on representing them in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's gotta that's, go through. That's I heard about that. That's kind of cool. Um, they've got a lot of amazing events coming up. Um, we're gonna post something here on the mm-hmm. Facebook groups and on the website soon. See if anybody has any questions for us. We can compile those for the next couple of weeks, so we'll yeah. be able to have them asked and answered for mm-hmm. you guys. Uh, but even if you're going to a large event like that, you know, post it on Instagram, post it on Facebook <laughs> with the Michigan GT. Spread the rumor about yeah. it. Um, really hype them up. Give them good feedback. You know, really talk about it. Uh, we really love the Michigan GT guys. They've done a lot of stuff uh, for the community in the Midwest. Uh, I'm really excited to go. I think this will be my fourth or fifth time there. Yeah. I think what, this is your what? This third? this will be my fourth, oh. right? Because I did two years of Sisters, one year of Orc. Yes, yep. this will be fourth. So this will be my fifth thing. So I got one more on you for yep. that part as well. Yep. So, yeah. So, once again, highly recommend people going. Uh, it's one of those ways that Michigan is trying to put its stamp. Mm-hmm. on the GT scene, you know, outside of Adepticon. It's the largest Midwest tournament yep. that we have, and it's really going to be awesome, and they do an amazing job of terrain. Check out their website and Facebook as well. Yep. Um, there's still room to join in some of the events. Some, like the team tournament, is sold out. They sold out quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, the 40 DK championships, and I believe the mm-hmm. Age of Sigmar events, are still yep. open as well. Um, so, like I said, we'll be having questions on, talk with them in a couple weeks. But otherwise, Ian, thanks mm-hmm. for coming back, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to let you know that I'm Warhammer Ann Arbor Store. Yep. Um, we do have the global campaign for Warhammer. Oh, yes. going on right now. The Fate of Connor. Um, it's great. It's a six-week uh, campaign. Six weeks, six planets. Um, you get bonus points for playing with specific units uh, and winning your games. And you get bonus points for building and painting those awesome. units, which is super cool. Um, and you get... 
custom, or not custom, but I guess limited edition style stratagems specifically for this campaign that you'll be able to use in other games. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so there's, yeah, there's literally one for the planet of Astramus, there's the one for planet of Connor, those are the two that are out right now, because we're on week two. Week three will start next Thursday. Very cool. And I've been talking to people at the store about running a doubles open war event. Oh, okay. All right, so at the end of the month, what I think I'm going to do is it's going to be um, eight teams playing open war in three three different games. So it's run similar to like a tournament, right? Yes. but this is open war, so it's going to be more narrative and fluffy. So I'm going to have things for like the best shot in the game, uh, the coolest flyer, the best painted army. Like There's going to be certificates that you guys can take home from doing this, which nice. is going to be kind of cool. Um I thought it was kind of funny because your last episode you guys were talking about the open war cards. Oh, yeah. And I was like, that's so perfect. So, yeah, keep an eye on that, guys. I'm going to try and have the event posted for that at the Warhammer Ann Arbor store. That's at 2416 East Stadium Boulevard. Uh, we're right in the Lamppost Plaza with Trader Joe's. So you guys cool. will be able to come in at the end of the month and play in that. Um, but right now, get your games in. Come in, play in the Fate of Connor. Now, can anybody just jump into Fate of Condor, or do you have yeah, to a week? Yeah, absolutely. You awesome. just walk in. I have cards. I literally have like 100 extra cards in case people want to do another card or start another army or whatever. Nice. You can play as Chaos, Imperium, or Xenos. And if you play as Xenos, your points pull away from Chaos and Imperium. Oh, so you can okay. kind of decide the fate, which is cool. So. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that means I'm going to swing by next week then to get a game in. There you go. Absolutely. Cool. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks for it. Listening again, Ian, amazing guest as always. Thank you, uh, thank you. <laughs> once again, I'm here at Purge the Alien. Follow us online at Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram, on YouTube. Hit us up with any questions. We're here to help you guys out and give you guys what you want. Once again, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, guys. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye-bye. All rights for this episode and its content are reserved by the Creative Commons license. Instrumental music, sound effects, and the episode were produced by Purge the Alien.